Hello, tribe. This podcast is sponsored by Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic is a natural superfood company that specializes in mushroom based drinks that benefit our immunity, energy, longevity, and keeping us healthy and enhanced in our lives. Four Sigmatic makes a wide variety of blends, including mushroom coffee, mushroom elixir, hot cacao matcha and superfood blends. I believe strongly in this company. I've been taking Four Sigmatic and it has changed my life. I can't even begin to start my day without a cup of Four Sigmatic in front of me. Right before I meditate or I do anything from speaking engagements to traveling to doing healing on people or just going out in the world and sharing my immense love for this planet and for everyone on it. I feel lit times 1,000. It is literally shifting the energy in my being. I'm talking firing off those synapses, kicking my body into high gear by awakening those electrons, spinning those electrons, getting my body so on point with my focus, my creativity, and my energy. One of the products that I love the most is the Lion's Mane's Coffee. Lion's Mane promotes productivity and focus, and it was known by shamans and monks who take that into their body for meditation, focus, and clarity so they can really tune in to the energies and absorb the knowledge and information that is coming to them from the spirit world. And as you know, on Ancient Wisdom Today, we like to keep it lit all day every day. And how do we do that? By creating magic. And what is magic? Magic is turning up that energy, living our truth, honoring who we are, and doing what's right for us so that we can live a beautiful, powerful, easy, playful, fun, joyous, and just the most powerful life in this now time. So if you don't have Four Sigmatic on your shelf, in your bag, in your briefcase, on the airplane with you, right before you speak, whatever it is that you do, you have to get this. Even for your kids, for your teenagers, pop it in their, in their bag before they go to school. This is the drink that literally makes you think. It is powerful and it is enriched with so many powerful mushrooms. And these adaptogens are literally changing the lives of people. And remember, I've talked to you many times before in the past about mushrooms and the networking system of mushrooms when it gets into your body and just really taking your body to a whole new level. So if you're interested in learning more about this amazing company, because I just really want you to know, Tribe, that everything I share with you, I share with you from my heart because I believe in it and I see what it has done for me and my life and all of my friends and family. Go to foursigmatic.com backslash Shaman Durek, and you will get a discount code at your checkout. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com backslash Shaman Durek for your 15% off. I love you, tribe. I love you so much. That is the reason why I choose sponsors that are in alignment and authenticity to what this tribe is about. Staying lit, staying focused, staying driven, and changing our planet.
for the good. Love you. Enjoy the share. Bye. Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years, and with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek is a third-generation shaman, an evolutionary innovator, and a women's empowerment leader. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. We're sharing ancient knowledge in modern times in order to put the power back in people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. Hello, tribe, and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today. And I am so honored that we, all of us, on this planet, together, are thriving in every day of our lives with love, joy, happiness, and freedom in our expression to bring change globally. And the thriving of our, of our tribe is the sharing, it's the caring, it's the loving, it's the giving, it's the living, it's the part of us that is operating in life from the heart. <laughs> and there's no other greater way to operate in life is to come from the heart and to recognize how beautiful and wonderful you are. Because when you can truly say, I'm comfortable being beautiful, I'm, I'm happy being smart, I love being creative, I'm so wonderful being a genius or an innovator, you know, we are able to step into a place where we can really hold this, this energy, right? It's like becoming a pillar of light. You're holding this energy for all the people on the earth. So that way you're able to receive more into your vessel. Because when you're able to receive more in your vessel, is because you're recognizing the beauty and the wonder and the awe of yourself. You're holding on to the truth. So when I say, I am love, I am honoring the love that I am, I'm not giving love or, you know, or being in that space of that type of, you know, love. I am love itself, right? And so embodying the very core of that, which we are, allows the universe to pour into our vessels even greater. So, you know, we are at this, you know, this, this wonderful moment in, in our evolution that a lot of beings have come here to earth to be a part of. This great transition from um, really the, the heaviness and the, 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 the weightedness and the, the, the density of darkness being lifted in, in a very short amount of time um, into a higher octave because of the extremes that are taking place right now is really, really, really in like on every level, you know, magical in the sense of, of the word. The, the, the pivotal moments that are taking place right now between the exchange of energies and its different polarities are creating together this, this, you know, this broadcast of energy out to the world globally that is getting people to look at is the necessary components of duality necessary for our evolution. Uh, the quality of life, is it, is, it, is it getting any better or is it supporting the system or the constructs of that system um, to be able to be greater than what it is if we continue to stay in the 
field of duality and keep responding to those polar opposites and keep being in the center of that quantum entanglement, right? And so as we as we transverse through this dark period, we begin to really open up the floodgates of information to be able to give us the necessary code so that we can write the right code to create a, a symbiosis effect uh, that happens globally within our, our, our within the world and within all people, right? So we're able to really to self-preserve not just what we feel belongs to us, but we're willing to self-preserve and to preserve what belongs to others as well. So we begin to honor other people's way that they choose to observe God, and we begin to honor other people's cultures and their beliefs. And, and really, as long as it stays within the, the constructs of unconditional love, and it's not about hurting anyone or hurting oneself, we are able to to really invite that in as a part of our experience here globally and on this planet. And so right now we are we are shifting into an adjustment of our consciousness and that adjustment of our consciousness is opening up a gateway for us to be able to move beyond the limitations that we've created where we go into the negative thinking and we start thinking all of these negative thoughts that really don't belong in our mind because we're putting too much pressure on ourselves to be perfect. Are this idea of being perfect, which is all created by our own issues of insecurity that we feel that we're not being appreciated and loved for who we are and what we're doing in the world and what we provide, but to really understand that our service to something is our service to ourself as well, right? So as we are embarking upon anything in life, be it a job at the gas station or, you know, you work um, in a high-powered office or you're, you know, you're, you're, your your engagement, uh, what we call your job or your engagement, is you know um, s- supporting someone and bringing a greater mission or greater value of of intelligence to the world. You are actually supporting yourself as well because you're not just supporting yourself on a financial level. You're supporting yourself on a mental and spiritual level for your own evolution because you're giving back to the greater universe or to the collective. And that's a really empowering place to be as a species when we recognize the divinity of our actions is always governed by the divinity of our actions, right? So we're not operating in this field of I'm not meaning anything or nothing means anything to me unless I get an outward source of acknowledgement from the world from around me, but really you become that wonderful source, that wonderful collective of information that is giving you those accolades, giving you that acknowledgement so that your accolades are not always having to come from the outside world and you don't become codependent upon the need to get other people's approval of how wonderful and amazing you are, but you are actually filling those coffers in yourself. So you're really pouring in this you know, this surplus of amazing energy from all regions of consciousness um, of love that's available to us, you know, imminently on this planet, right? Because love isn't just coming in one form. Love comes from different forms and comes from different ways and different cultures, different systems. Just like right now, I'm in the living room I'm here at my place here in, um, in L.A., and light is coming in the window and the sun is beaming on me and it was beaming on me this morning. And I felt that when this first sun ray hit my body, I felt this kiss of love that came from the sun, right? And the ability to breathe. I feel loved by air, by the 
my ability to breathe, right? And then, of course, my assistant walked in and he's doing things around the home and doing things and for, you know, for the business, um, you know, and what he's doing. And I feel loved by him to help me to support you and support everyone. And so we're all in this beautiful um, adjoinment of love and really getting out of the idea of scarcity, right? Because scarcity is the idea that something is missing. We're not being acknowledged. We don't have enough. You know, something's being depleted, but depletion can only happen from you. It's not something that can deplete you. Like if someone is in your life taking and taking and taking, and then you say, oh, that person's using me or taking advantage of me. No, in fact, you're taking advantage of yourself, right? So you got to own that. You got to own up to that. You got to own up that you're taking advantage of yourself because all that person is doing is just taking. And that's probably where they're at is in the taking mode. At one point, they could have been in, the, um, in a giving mode and now they're in a taking mode and they could be balancing themselves. And so you get to decide if you have, if they're taking something, if you don't really want to give it, then you just don't give it instead of like waiting to see how much they'll take so that you can actually pull the rug from underneath them and say, look, you're such a user. You just take and take and take from me. Like don't take someone out to dinner and say, I'm going to cover the bill. And then so that way you can see how many friends of yours are going to cover the bill for you. Like no one wants to be tested in love. Like love's test sucks and it's not cool. Right. So to test someone and be like, oh, let me test and see if this person loves me. Let's see if they remember Valentine's Day. Let's see if they remember my anniversary. Let's see, you know, like not, not every single person is thinking about those things and locking down those dates in their mind. And also, here's the other thing, too. You know, it doesn't mean that they don't care or they don't care about it. It just means that there's other things that are, you know, predominantly taking over a lot of their thinking process. And it's definitely not the date of your anniversary. And so, you know, if you want your spouse or your, or, you know, your friend to remember your birthday or whatever it may be, you know, then you should say, you know what, uh, two, two days from now is our anniversary or three days from now is our anniversary and just leave them a little note and be kind. Because the thing is, is that with these tests that we do, that we create for people to test their love, to test if they care about us, to test if, if, they, if they really appreciate us and all of these things are ripping the very fiber and fabric and the culture of our beings. Because as we test each other individually, we then begin to test in our social collective. And then we begin to test in our global collective. And before you know it, no one's trusting each other anymore. And before you know it, people have just lost, lost complete love for other people because they feel like they have meet their expectations and we can't be a culture of people who are living at the edge of expectation. Expectation for what? Why? What's the necessary component of, of having an expectation of someone and having someone guess? Like, no one wants to guess. Like, that's the, the craziest thing to me is when, you know, I'll be in these relationships and people will say to me, you know, I can't believe you would do that. And I'm like, well, do what? Well, you know, I thought, you know, you, would, you went to the kitchen, you would have gotten me some water. And I was like, but did you ask for that water? They're like, no, but I thought you would at least figured out that obviously if you're going to get you some water, you could have at least offered me some water. I'm like, okay, I'm so sorry. I didn't throw that tarot card down. I go and talk to my guides or talk to the ancestors and keep them on alert for the fact that you are testing to see if I love you by reading your mind that you wanted water. I mean, if you can't see the, the silliness in that and the manipulation in that, then you got to get some better glasses because the thing is, is that that's manipulation. That's you setting people up for failure 
before they even have a chance to be succeeding and being who they are. You're literally painting them into a box of failure so that you can be right about your, your, your very limited belief that no one cares about you and no one appreciates you and people don't see what you're doing and people don't appreciate the time that you're spending and all of this kind of stuff. Those are all of your own creations, your own fabrications, your own illusion dials in right? The illusion dialing in, right? That's you dialing into your illusion and bringing it in to have more confusion, right? So it's dialing into your illusion to bring it in so you can have more confusion because that's what you're dialing into. You're not dialing into love. You're not dialing into knowing that that person appreciates you and loves you and cares about you, but you have to have your own understanding of yourself, right? And if you're looking, if you're sitting at the edge of the border, waiting for other people to give you permission to be happy, waiting for other people to give you permission to, to, to be successful, waiting for that one thing that you wanted to hear from your parents before you can go out there and realize that you can make money and be successful and be prosperous, that one thing you needed to hear that gave you permission, that you can be here, someone apologize for something they did to you so you can start having loving relationships in your life instead of dysfunctional ones. You know, all of these things, again, are manipulative, and we got to get into understanding what manipulation is, right? Manipulation is creating a source of energy, right? That is operating from a place of discontent to prove something that you already believe and then to persecute someone in the process or to guide them into a process for your own selfish needs. Not selfishness from the self-love aspect, but selfishness from the stake of you feeling scarcity, fear, or abandonment, or not that you're getting what you need um, to support yourself as a human being on planet Earth, right? So the manipulative quality is to, to, in, 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 to, to put in, in front of someone an idea or thought without giving them the full understanding of what that means, but by guiding them through, through the idea of making them feel bad, by projecting onto them guilt that they should feel, by attacking them or being upset with them. You know, these are very manipulative behaviors that I see people do in society and to themselves, and it really doesn't support them recognizing the power of which they have inside of them. And it's unfortunate that people think that this is the way they can get love. This is the way they can get someone to do better at their job. This is the way they can get their kids to fall to do, you know, to do their homework or to, you know, stop watching TV or to, you know, to get their kids to visit them when they're, you know, when the kids are grown up. Uh, I've seen many times women will play the, um, you know, woe is me game with their, with their children. You know, that woe is me uh, game that, you know, supports their kids in this idea that uh, if they don't have, you know, the ability to come and see their mom, the mom will say, well, I guess no one cares about me. I guess no one loves me. And you're playing on this very victim. I'm a victim. I'm a victim wanting your children to feel sorry for you. And so therefore you might make yourself sick or you might become a hypochondriac or you might do things to create an awareness so that your kids can actually pay attention to you. That's called getting attention for something that's nonsense to manipulate them into just giving, getting what you want, which is you just want to spend time with them. So instead of saying, Hey, I want to spend time with you. And that's where I'm at because you're afraid that it's not going to happen. You use manipulative qualities and that's not supportive. And so we have to move beyond the stratosphere of consciousness 
That means what? That means that we have to break the mold of what we know and create something new. So that's what I say, the stratosphere of consciousness. That means we have to move beyond the boundaries of space within our consciousness that we've already known and do something completely different. For instance, and I really want to bring this up because it's a very valuable point, and, um, and I see it a lot within women, is that women, you know, you're going to, you know, call me or ask me on Instagram and say, you know, oh, you know, I'm dating this guy and I want to know how he feels about me. First of all, ladies, let me explain something to you and let me just get it very clear to you, okay? If you are wondering how a guy feels about you, that means obviously you're not asking him. Or you're scared to ask him. And why would you be scared to ask him? Because if he doesn't have feelings for you, at least you know, and you don't have to waste your time in dealing with unnecessary energy. But the idea of, of, of not having information or needing information or wanting, wanting after information literally is creates a black hole of energy in your energetic field and allows darkness to get in. Because then what darkness does is sees that hole, goes into that hole, and then starts programming you with information saying like, well, maybe because you're, not, because you're not attractive enough, or maybe because you're not like other girls, or maybe because you're too fat, or maybe you said something in front of him that he didn't like. And you begin to start looking at yourself as the source of the problem of why he's not calling you and why he's not responding to you. And the reality of it is, is that it has nothing to do with, with nay or neither. Right. Because the thing is, is that the reason why he's not calling you could be the very fact that either one, something has come up or two, he's not attracted to you or interested in you. And why are you, why, if you are, you are sitting in the state of limbo and wondering why, just call him up on the phone and ask him. Once I had a, a person, a student come in. I said, Chamandar, can you tell me um, what this guy thinks about me? I said, um, can, can I see your phone? And she said, yes, why? I handed her phone. I said, call him and find out yourself. Stop using my spiritual abilities to talk to the spirits, to dial in, right? You want me to dial, dial God, dial spirit, to dial up because you're unwilling to, to tap into that resource of grabbing your phone and just calling him and asking him yourself. And I'm going to tell you something. And guys who are listening know this. If we like something, we go for it. If we don't go for it, it's because we're shy or we're scared and we're afraid and we're confused. And that means that women, I'm sorry to tell you, but you don't want a guy like that in your life at that time. You don't want a guy who's confused, shy, and doesn't know what he wants because those guys are very temperamental in who they are, which means that they're fickle. They're not uh, grounded in themselves yet. That means that they haven't come to terms with what is innately true to them. Their authenticity is not fully developed, okay? A man who knows what he wants goes for what he wants. He can smell it. He can taste it. He is not going to sit back and wait for it. He is going to go for it. He's going to jump on it. Uh, you know, I had a situation recently, you know, where I have a friend of mine and this guy liked her and immediately called her immediately and called her again and left her another message and called her again and left her another message. Those are the men who you know are very clear about what they desire and what they want out of life. They're like, yeah, I want this. I'm going to get it. And this is what I want. If a man hasn't called you for like three or four days, or if you're wondering what he thinks and all of this kind of stuff, I mean, is that really the type of man you want to have in? One who's still stuck in a state of limbo, one who's stuck in the place of discovery, one who's still doing his own due diligence on himself to figure out what actually would be um, in the highest for his good? 
And the other thing too, women, if you're going after married men and you're trying to get the man to leave his wife or because he said to you that he's going to leave his wife and that you're going to be together with him, knock off the BL, okay? Because the BL, which is, as everyone knows, the BL is the bullshit, the bullshit lie, right? Is literally the nonsense that you're playing for yourself. Because if you really want to look at the truth of that, what you really want to look at is this. If you choose a married man who's already in a relationship, and you're choosing to be the other woman, that means you're scared of relationships and you're looking for something that's safe, that's already locked down. So that way you don't really have to put the energy. You're going to make it like they have to put the energy. That's very manipulative. That's you choosing someone who's unavailable so that you can say the reason why they're unavailable is because they're in a relationship, but eventually they're going to leave that person and be with you. You don't really have facts on that, and you don't really know if that's necessarily true. Even if someone tells you that, I've been in a lot of situations with clients of mine who've come to me who've been in those types of relationships, and the man has said, yeah, I'm going to leave my wife. It's just not the time. It's going to take some time, and da-da-da-da. Why would you want to be with any man who's in a state of discovery, in a state of limbo, or a state of needing to figure out his own stuff. Like he needs to clean up his house, clean up his backyard, clean up his everything to make room for you. You don't ex- you don't invite someone in your home, you know, when your house is a filthy mess unless you are a person who just doesn't care about yourself and also about the energy of other people. You know, the thing is, is that there is a certain level of responsibility when it comes to relationships, especially when it comes to the idea of being with someone who's already hitched with someone else, right? It it means that you're literally choosing people who are unavailable, which means that you are choosing people who are unavailable because you're unavailable, because you're not really fully ready to commit. Because if you really were, you would choose someone who's like, I'm ready, I'm here, I, I, I know what I want, and it's you, and so let's do this. And you're like, whoa, 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 this is too fast. Let's take it slow. Da, 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 da. What does that mean, take it slow? I've always found it very fascinating when people say, take it slow. Is it because you have a fear that if you go too fast, you're going to burn out? Or is it because you're afraid that they're coming with such clarity of who they are and what they want and you're not? Because the thing is, is that if you really like someone and you really love someone and you really see that this person is someone you want to spend time with and be with and like share something beautiful with, I don't need to take it slow. In fact, I don't even want to take it slow. I just want to be engaged and I want to dive in. And I want to dive in that deep water with you and know that I'm going to swim and we're going to have the most amazing and beautiful time. Not this, I'm going to take it slow. Let's see what things go. Let's see what happens and da-da-da-da. That means that basically what it means is, and what you're saying in a manipulative way is, you know, I'm going to take it slow and, and see what happens and so forth. It means like, I'm not really sure about you. And because of that, I don't really trust myself or trust you. So what I'll do is I'll go, I'll engage in it, but I'm not going to put a hundred percent. I'm going to put like maybe 30%, which means I'll call you sometimes. Sometimes I'll come and I'll go, I'll show up, but don't put any expectations on me. And definitely don't put, don't, don't put me into a space where you are making plans for the future because I'm just not there. And why would you want a person like that in your life when you want to build something substantial? Many times I see men who will be with women and they'll say, you know, the man friend of mine will say, oh yeah, you know, she just wants to take it slow. I'm like, no, she's scared and she's not 100% sure. And why would you want to be with someone who is not 
Like, I'm not going to hire someone to work with me who's not 100% devoted and committed to bringing a greater message to the world for all of the people globally, right? They have to be on point with the vision that we've created for what we're doing and what I'm doing out in the world to build leaders because they're also a part of that. And so as everyone who gets touched by me, it's because they're touching those people too through me because they're giving me and supporting me and so forth. So why would I choose anyone who works in my company? Let's say, for instance, I had a, a shampoo company, right? Let's just say. And I'm working shampoo company. I love shampoo. I love you know people getting their hair shampooed. And then there's someone who works in my company who just really isn't about shampoo, but they just want a job. Why would I want to hire someone who just wants a job? I want to hire someone who's in alignment with my vision so they wake up every morning being like, I can't wait to, pe- to share this shampoo with the world because this shampoo is changing people's hair. And that's just giving you an understanding. But let's just look at the, the understanding of the reality is that human beings like to blame other people for the places in themselves where they lack clarity. And so in relationships, when it comes to relationships, when you're dealing with relationships, if you're dealing with someone who's like, well, you know, let's just see each other and let's do this and do that. Just know that you're not putting 100% in and, are, and, and either are they. And, um, and complications are bound to happen. And yeah, you could actually spend some time to get to know each other on some level. And then on some other level, you may not choose to get to know each other. And you actually might just be looking for things wrong that you've experienced in other relationships and wanting to prove to yourself that it's going to show up in this relationship too. So you're actually manipulating that person into a relationship with them so that you can find things wrong with them so that you can close the book in the chapter and get away from them. And I, I know many women who'll do that. I know women who'll go right on the date and the first thing they'll do is start nitpicking everything they see about the guy. And then the guy will be like, why? Great. I'm on a date with my mother. No one wants to be on a date with mother. I've seen in male and male relationships where men go into male relationships for companionship, but not for love. And then they end up wanting to be with other people. And they say, I'm having an open relationship. Look, if you're going to have an open relationship, let's be honest about your open relationship. Open relationship, if you're in a place of love with one another, and you're both in agreement that you have all this love, but you have a very ha- a healthy appetite when it comes to sex and um, pleasure, and that you would like to be able to experience that with other people then you know having an open relationship makes sense because you have a very you know you need you you like the buffet of of variety when it comes to um your intimacy okay but if you're going i'm in an open relationship um but my husband doesn't know and um and i'm you know living my life this way then you are what we call a liar and you are lying to yourself and not anyone else. You're lying to yourself, which is lying to the other person, which is not fair to them because you're holding them hostage by making them believe that you're this faithful person who wants to be in relationship with them because you love them and want to share yourself with them. You're not in agreement to having an open relationship because you both have this very you know, um, hungry hippo appetite for sex and pleasure so that you are literally going from a place of literally saying, and I have situations, I've met um, people who will say to me, that talk to me and come in for their treatments and say that, you know, th- that they don't, their husband doesn't know, you know, two guys and two guys, their husband doesn't know. And this also between men and women as well and women and women, their, their, their other half doesn't know that they're off doing these other things. Uh, but the, and I say, well, how much sex are you having with them? Well, we don't have sex anymore. We haven't had sex in almost 20 years or 10 years or seven years. I'm sorry. If you're not having sex with your mate at least two or three times a week, something is seriously wrong. I mean, I, unless you are a person who is just completely stressed out 
and you have like an overload of stress running through your entire system and coursing through your veins. And that's the reason why you can't seem to find the energy to be able to share intimacy. Then something's off because sex is communication, babies. Okay. I'm sorry to tell you, but when I'm with someone, I'm going to have sex three or four times a week because I love to communicate both through my consciousness and through my body. They're not going to, they're never, there's never going to be a dry spell when it comes to me, because if there is, I'm not going to be in that relationship with someone because why would there be a dry spell of a month? And then I, what I'm going to do, like what a lot of people do is blame it on their children. Oh, because we have kids. Oh, because we work so hard. Oh, because we're business. Oh, just knock off the BL. Just knock off the BL. You're blaming your children. You're blaming your heavy workload. You're blaming that you have no time. So you're basically blaming father time for your BL. Okay? And the truth of the matter is, it has nothing to do with either of the situations. None of those things have anything to do with the reason why you are not choosing to engage yourself in a very healthy, very fulfilling, nourishing communication called sex. Yeah. Even if it's a one night stand and you're not in a relationship and you have to be where you, you choose to be with people on a one night stand, make that one night stand like the best relationship you've ever had. Like go all the way and don't do it on, 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 on any type of substances. You know, people who choose to get drunk and have drunk sex are really completely disconnected from their body and their spirit. Because it's, it's such a disrespect to share your body with someone when you're intoxicated because all of your senses and your spirit, your emotion, your mental, and your physical body are not engaged. And that is uncomfortable because now you're just kind of just getting off on the person. Then why don't you just go get yourself a fleshlight or go and get yourself some kind of sex toy from the, from the sex shop and go fulfill yourself. Because to treat someone like they are a sex toy um, just to get off instead of realize that you're sharing your spirit with them. There is a God presence inside of that person if you know it or not. Even if you're in the red light district of Amsterdam, the girl in behind that window has the spirit of God in her. Honor her. Respect her. Be with her from a place of consciousness. We operate in all of these manipulative ways towards ourselves and each other because we're not willing to be honest with ourselves. Women, I kid you not, when it comes to relationships, look, if a guy comes up to you on the street and says, oh my God, you're gorgeous, I want to have sex with you, this is not the time to scream victim for the Me Too act. Okay, this is a time to recognize that you are freaking beautiful and men sometimes see beauty. And the first thing that lifts up is not their consciousness, but their dick. And so if you are aware of this component of realizing if you can't if you can't honor your beauty and you can't see how beautiful you are and how amazing you are and that you are attractive and that people will be attracted to you in the world. And that's just reality. It doesn't mean that person is a pervert. It just means that person knows what they want. And you can simply say, Haha, that was really flattering of you to say so. However, thank you so much. And um, I really appreciate that. But that's not what I'm looking for. That's what I'm interested in right now. 
right? You don't need to get all bent out of shape and get all freaked out and start thinking, oh my God, I've been violated. This guy came up to me on the street and told me I was beautiful and he wanted to have sex with me. Let me tell you something. I was in Israel, okay? And Schenken Street at this restaurant by myself, enjoying my amazing salad that I got. And this girl, this redheaded girl was sitting on the other side of the room on a table by herself, started waving at me and winking at me. I I waved back. Why not? I'm a human being and someone's waving at me. So I waved back. And she decided to get up from her chair where she was sitting across the restaurant and saunter herself over to my table and sit opposite of me. She looks at me and she says, you're very attractive. I said, thank you. She said, "Um, I want to fuck you. I said, oh, okay. Wow. Let me just take a moment for a second. Um, She's like, you're very attractive. I saw you. I know what I want. I want to have sex with you. I live not too far from here. I'd love to have sex with you. I think we would have great sex. And um, are you open to it? Well, at the time, I wasn't open to it. So I didn't see it like, ill. who's this girl coming to my table and saying, hey, I want to have sex with you. She's beautiful, redheaded girl, um, Israeli girl, beautiful blue eyes. Well, what I simply said was, that's not where I'm at right now. I'm not in that sexual mode right now, but I really appreciate it. But maybe next time you'll catch me and I will be and we'll have a great time. She goes, thank you for being so honest and I really appreciate that. And then she got up and left. You know, I've had situations where I was... um, in Turkey, and I was going through the market in, in, in the bazaar, and I was buying things. And this, you know, Muslim man came up to me, and he looked at me, and he said, um, where are you from? And I told him where I was from, and he started talking to me. He goes, you're really beautiful. I said, thank you. He goes, I would really love to fuck you. I said, oh, my, okay. I said, well, I go, that's very flattering. You know, thank you for seeing my, you know, being attracted to me and seeing my, you know, my beauty and all of these things. I don't get bent out of shape, right? I just, you know, that's just acknowledging the person, you know? And I said, you know, but that's not where I'm at right now. And, um, but I appreciate it. And he goes, well, hey, you know, I have anyone showed you around Turkey? I'd love to show you around Turkey. And he gave me his card. And we connected and we became friends and we're still good friends to this day. And the thing is, is that, you know, maybe that was the attraction he had for me, which was about leading us into an amazing friendship. But if I was judging him and making him look like something's wrong with him or that he's a predator or a monster or any of these things, like face it, I know I'm a good looking man. I know what I look like. And that's not coming from ego too. That's coming from my own self-love. When I look in the mirror, when I see myself, when I walk out the door, when I see myself in pictures, I know I'm a good-looking man, and I know that men are attracted to me, and I know that women are attracted to me, and I'm okay with it. The worst thing we can do as human beings is act like something's wrong for people seeing what is ready in front of them which is the truth. You are attractive. And the people, some people in the world know what they want and they go for it and they say it. And sometimes they're not as, you know, some people say, well, why do they have to be so direct like that? Well, maybe you can't handle directness. Maybe I like directness. I'd rather have someone tell me I want to fuck you versus someone who just wants to play games and manipulate me and to get me to the place up to the place of, of, of having that interaction. So I'm very much about lay it on the table for me. And then let me look and see if that's something I want to eat. Is that something I want to engage in? Do I want to, do I want to partake of what you put on the table? 
<laughs> you know, and, and, and the thing is, I've had many situations. I've hit situations where it comes to, you know, to people in Hollywood and different celebrities coming to me and saying, hey, I want to be with you and do these things with you. And, you know, and I just say, you know, thank you. I have to gracefully decline, but I appreciate your offer. And it's very flattering. And, you know, and thank you for having the courage to tell me how you really feel about things. So I think what happens is that we get caught up in this idea that we've created all these rules and regulations about what is okay as far as honesty is concerned. You know, like what is okay as far as honesty is concerned when it comes to any form of relationship. You know, I rather go, you know, what I loved, I was in junior high when I was young. And then, you know, I didn't ask any girls to, to, the, to the junior high dance. And, you know, this girl came up to me, Sandra was her name. And she just walked up to me when I was hanging out with my buddies on our skateboards and stuff like that after school. And she goes, you know, um, did you, is, are you taking anyone to the dance? And I said, you know, I'm, I'm not taking anyone to the dance. And she said, well, would you like to go with me? And I said, well, yeah, that would be great. You know, a lot of times, you know, and I find that, you know, that women will wait for men to make the move. But women, you also have the ability to make the move. And wouldn't it be prudent for you to make the move so you can understand what that person's at, if they're in limbo or if they're in their own state of figuring themselves out, or if they're a person that says, yeah, I'm ready, I'm here, I'm present. You know, a lot of times I hear women say men are not present. Well, guess what? The men you're going after aren't present because you're going after men who don't know where they are at, what's going on with them, what their true needs are, what, what really is actually working for them in the field of their own self-love, right? And so we have to move out of this kind of idea of these, you know, these the ways that we've been courting each other on planet Earth and the way that we've been engaging each other and the way that we've been operating and get into a real honest place with ourselves and to an honest place. I'd rather have people be honest with me and tell me exactly what they want than to kind of manipulate me. And like a lot of times, you know, men will take women out to dinner. What I love about the French as I remember this friend of mine in France, and he said to me, he goes, you know what I do? And I go, what? He goes, I tell the girl exactly what I want. I want to, I want to fuck your brains out. And then if the sex is good, let's go to dinner and let's see if we can build a relationship. And I said, wow, are you kidding me? He goes, no, I just lay it on the table. He goes, and, it, and, and it's great because it gets it out of the way. So that way, if I have sex with her, because he goes, the thing for me, he goes, Derek, and I tell you, he goes, I don't want to waste time. Like if I take a girl out to dinner one night and then take her out to dinner another night and then take her out to dinner another night, and then we're doing it for like six months. And then all of a sudden we get in bed and the sex is horrible. I'm not going to be with that girl because we're not sexually compatible. So all those dinners and all of that, whatever, getting to know each other was just a waste of time. Now, I'm not saying this is something for everyone, but this is what works for him. And I found it very fascinating because honestly, I like his mentality and his approach. I do because I think it's important because there has been situations where I've gone on these things where I've told people like, well, let's wait six months before we have sex and do all these things. And then finally, when we get in bed, because I have a very strong sexual appetite, you know, and I am, I am a quadruple Scorpio. So I'm very, um, you know, uh, what you call it, tribal sexual, if that would be the, a way to express it, right? I see, I see sex as a ritual. And to me, that ritual needs to happen a lot if I'm really into someone because I, I see it as a form of communication. So, you know, if I'm going to be with someone on an intimate level, I can't be with someone on an intimate level who doesn't have the same sex drive that I have. Well, I want to have sex four times a week and they're like, I only want to have sex once a month. That won't work for me. And there's a lot of people who will be put themselves in relationships like that. They're like, oh, well, at least I have the companionship or at least they, you know, I have a roof over my head or at least they, you know, they have a great job. Yeah, but 
you're a highly sexual person and you're not getting the sex. So eventually what's going to happen is you're going to start seeking outside of that relationship. I see that a lot in male-to-male relationships in the quote-unquote gay community. I'll see couples get into a relationship and then they go and cheat on their spouse behind their back because they have a higher sex drive than their person that they're with. But they chose to be in the relationship for the companionship. If you want a companionship, go get a dog. Go get a cat. Go get an animal right? That would love you and give you the companionship that you need. But when it comes to human life, respect the other person. If you have a high sex drive and they don't, you're not sexually compatible. Let's just face it. Move on. Okay? Let's not play games. Let's not say, okay, well, if you're not sexually compatible, but there's all these other things about you that I like, let's go into the relationship. Because the moment you do that, you're compromising. And the moment you compromise, compromise pie tastes like shit. And I'm going to say it again. Compromise pie tastes like shit. And if you step into that form of compromise, you are going to suffer. And it's your fault to choose to suffer. It is your own self-flagellation onto yourself because you have not chosen to be honest with who you are. I could never be in a relationship with someone who would want to have sex once a month. I will scream my head off. Okay, they might come home and I paint the walls all different colors every day. They go, what's, got, what's gotten into you? What's gotten into me? You want to know what's gotten into me? I'm pent up. I have all kinds of things going on inside of me. I have a person that I'm with that I want to share intimacy with and they only want to have sex once a month. Once a month. No, that's not going to work for me. So that's why the colors in the house are constantly changing. I'm, 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 I'm going through all these issues. I'm, you know, I'm, you know, when you see men going through midlife crisis, it's because men are going through midlife crisis because they've been suppressing themselves for so long. And then all of a sudden something happens and they go, oh my goodness, I've been suppressing myself so long. I'm not living my truth. And then they go to try to live their truth. That's what a midlife crisis is. Men have midlife crises because they've been suppressing and suppressing and suppressing. Don't suppress. I had a French couple that was working with me. They were getting, um, well, they were getting divorced. And I said to the, to, to the woman, I said, the reason why you're getting divorced is because you're, 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 not, you're not engaging in, in, in pleasure with each other. You're, you're, she said, well, we have kids, you know, Durek, and we, we know we cannot, uh, you know, we cannot do these things with our kids. I said, you know, if you're going to use your kids as a, as a BL, Okay, you know, it's just it's not okay for you to do that. It's not okay for you to throw your kids on the table in front of me as a way of the reason why you're choosing not to have intimacy with your husband. Your husband's ready to walk out the door and sign divorce papers because he's unfulfilled in the relationship. So he wants to look and find it somewhere else. I mean, we are, we are, you know, I mean, at the core level, we are still animals. Okay, we still want to mate. We still want to be able to 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 be in that type of energy. You know, there's parts of us that need to be fulfilled, and it's not just about the spiritual. It's about all of it. So if you are with some with a person and you have a high sex drive, and your and your husband is only making love to you once a month, you're going to become a very cranky. You're going to become um, bitchy. You're going to become attitude. You're going to be moody. You're going to be um, all annoyed and shut down and all kinds of things. And that's going to reflect into your children. That's going to reflect into your friends. That's going to reflect into the things that you engage in. Why? You have to match the other person. Don't go throw yourself into a relationship, my loves, that is not operating in a match. Don't put yourself in a situation where you tell someone, let's, well, let's hold off from sex for like a year to two years, and you have built this beautiful connection and relationship, and then the moment you get in bed, the, the sex is horrible. But because you built this other type of relationship, you choose to engage in it, and you go get married, and then you're just miserable. That one compromise 
is enough to create a domino effect and knock everything else down because of that one compromise. And we really have to be mindful about not manipulating ourselves into these situations because we are in scarcity and fear-based thinking that if I don't marry this person or if I am not with this person or, you know, I'm going to be alone or what if this is the only person I'm ever going to find or, you know, what if this is the person that, you know, that I'm not going to be able to, like this person, you know, has, you know, financial status and what if I'm not going to meet someone who's just as amazing as this person? Give me a break. Why are you setting yourself up for lack and limitation? Why are you setting yourself up to to pretend that you have um, no ability within you, which is the creator inside of you? Because when you say that, you're basically saying that God doesn't exist to give you the most joyful, most bountiful, most embracing, most loving experience as being a human being on planet Earth. Oh, ye of little faith, you do you have no faith in, 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 in the truth of light that's inside of you that would, off, would, that would only want you to be happy and be fulfilled? That you think that that would be the only guy? That's like you saying there's only one fish in the sea. There's only one car to take you where you need to go. There's only one airplane that will fly you where you need to be. There's only one apple left on the planet. That's scarcity thinking. You have to move beyond that and get into abundant thinking. Get into self-sustaining thinking, get into thriving thinking, get into the understanding of the, the overflow of thinking. There are many men out there. There are many women out there who will be a match for you. People get into this idea of this, there's just one person on the planet, my twin flame, my soulmate. First of all, let's break down the nonsense of twin flames and soulmates, shall we? Soulmates are people that teach you about yourself to look at ways for you to love yourself. And not all soulmates are coming in with this lovey-dovey, oh my God, it's all peaches and all roses and all ice cream and cupcakes. Some soulmates will drive you crazy. Some soulmates will, you will argue and bicker with because that soulmate is there to show you where you're still engaged in darkness in yourself, where you're still not honoring yourself, where you're still blaming other people, where you're still manipulative, where you're not really ready to call in your ultimate mate who is there to embrace you and love you unconditionally, where you are matched sexually where you are learning from each other. And also, just so that you know, um, looking for someone who likes to do exactly what you do is awfully boring. You know, one of the worst things you can ever do is put yourself in a relationship with someone who's just like you. The best relationships that thrive and that live and sustain that relationship, when I say sustainable relationships that would go on for longevity, meaning life partnership, are the ones that are constantly growing and evolving with new ideas, new experiences, and spicing it up. Like I told that French couple in France, when I finally got the woman to listen to me, I said, you, want, you really want my help? She said, yes, of course I do. Shaman, I want your help. I said, okay, meet me at the sex shop. She said, what? I said, meet me at the sex shop. I said, because if you can meet me at the sex shop, um, we will go over and look at sex toys and handcuffs and all kinds of things. She said, I know, but you are my shaman. What is this going to do for my, my husband is ready to sign the divorce papers. I said, look, darling, 
Okay, and listen to me very carefully. Your husband is signing the divorce papers because he's tired of being in a relationship that has no passion and no good sex, okay? Because men like sex, and you should too if you love your man. She said, ah, okay, okay, okay. So she, anyway, she went with me. I told her things she can do. She said, she put a time for her and her husband to check into a hotel. She said, let us do this one night. And then if you want to sign the divorce papers in the morning, by all means, sign it. And I will agree. And she went to the hotel and got a phone call in the morning from the husband. And he said, you saved my marriage. This is all I've wanted from my wife. He started crying on the phone to me. He said, I want to start doing sessions with you, Shaman. I really, I really appreciate what you have, what you have brought into my life. I, I, you know, you brought the, the, the magic that we found when we first fell in love together. We used to make love all the time out in nature. We'd make love, you know, in, 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 in every chance we could, we'd sneak off to the bathroom and make love and do all these things. And ever since we had kids, it just went, it just went into the trash can. You cannot do that. You have children that you can't blame your children for why you don't have a healthy sex life, why you're not having amazing connection. And, and, and the other thing too, uh, my darlings, when you do engage in sex, sex isn't always in a bed. And it's not always just you getting in there and going through you know, uh, foreplay and then going into the sexual act. Explore the other person's body. Find out what feels good and what doesn't feel good. You know, the same way you do in a relationship, you find out what the person likes and what they don't like. Do they like flowers? Do they like going to the beach? Do they like taking vacations? Do they like getting massages from you? It's the same thing. Explore. You know, bring things to nourish each other. As you nourish yourselves when you have dinner at the dinner table, bring things like grapes and fruit and water and, and juices and wines and things. Take it back to the old times of Mesopotamia and, and ancient Egypt and ancient Rome and the old times of the earth when people were in a different way when they connected with each other. You know, look at it as a connection. When your man walks in the door, when your woman walks in the door, run up to them, grab them, hug them, embrace them, tell them how happy you are that you're in their life. Don't wait until, until, until they get too sick in the hospital or some horrible thing happens for you to go and say, you know, honey, I just want you to know I love you. No. Now you're telling me? Why weren't you telling me every single morning we woke up? What a gift I am in your life. How amazing I am to, um, that, I'm, that I'm here, that I, you wake up in the morning looking at me and you smile on my face. I had these two gay guys you know, that I helped put their relationship back together. I said, where, where, where are the beautiful words? Where's the romance? Where's the walk on the beaches? I mean, are you both just making lots of money and you're just sharing your income so you guys can live in this big house and, have these, and adopt these kids? And you, 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 Where's the love? Where's the energy? They're like, wow, you're right. I was like, how many times do you tell your husband how beautiful and amazing and wonderful he is? How grateful you are that he's in your life. How grateful you are that, that he has that job that he does, that he engages in that something that he loves and that you engage in something that you love, that you all can come together and create this beautiful home for these children that you've adopted. Why are you not operating in that way? We have to come out of this place of manipulation and start being truthful about things. We have to recognize that we are more than what we allow ourselves to see or be when we're coming from our heart space, when we're coming from our mind space that is in our heart space, which is the ability to ask ourselves, how would you kiss that person is the way in which you would kiss yourself. How would you kiss yourself? How would you hug yourself? How would you make love to yourself? How would you give yourself? If you, would you give your, someone something that you would never give to yourself? Then don't give it. Don't do it. 
Why would you impart something to someone that you would not impart to yourself? Why would you give something to someone as love that you would never expect to be given to you? We must, we must see ourselves and other people in order to be able to create beautiful connections and relationships. When I, when I hug people in the public, when I talk to someone, just this morning I had an interview um, you know, with, this, with this magazine and they were interviewing me. And um, I was so gracious to the woman who was interviewing me. We had such a laugh together. We, I was sharing love with her and talking to her about, about, you know, about all types of things about human nature and how we can evolve and how we can and accelerate education and how we can make these changes if we have conversation and get into a collective conversation, not from a competitive standpoint, not from a, I'm smarter than you, or I'm more powerful than you, or I'm this than you, which I see a lot of people play out in relationships, but from a place of creating conversation so that we can bring broaden our horizons from seeing different points of view so that we can look at a bigger landscape, that we can look at a bigger image so that we can make better decisions that govern our lives so that we can live a lit life, so that we can live in this, this, this powerful chamber of joy and happiness that is sustainable in who we are. A lot of times people play power games. A lot of people play power games and relationships to prove that they're smarter or greater. You have a man get in a relationship, he won't even let the woman speak because he feels that he's afraid to hear what she has to say because he's afraid that it makes him look weak or that he doesn't know what he's talking about. So he antiquates his knowledge to keep pulling his knowledge. So he'll keep saying things and then giggle and laugh and make fun of his wife. That's not loving. That's not loving. It's not loving to, to berate or to ridicule or to put down or to, to make someone feel small, to make yourself feel bigger. That's manipulation and it's only based on one thing, insecurity and scarcity. That's right. We, we, you, if, if you are operating from this opposition with your mate and you have to argue with them, what are you arguing for? People who argue are trying to prove a point because they're insecure. They're not secure with who they are. They don't need to argue. They just simply say something and they say, well, you know, this is what I saw. This is what I feel, but you don't have to believe in me. That's your choice. However, this is, where I, this is my stance on the situation. I'm open to hear what you have to say because I'm not threatened by other ideas and opinions. And, and we go on from there because there the greatest thing you have to recognize is that even in your friendships and when it comes to your relationships, everyone has different eyes and sees the world in different ways. There's different perceptions, right? There's different looking glasses, different looking mirrors that we operate from. So I have to you know, trust my team from their conscious perspective. If I ask Sam, if I ask Alex, if I ask Tanya, if I ask Jone, if I ask anyone in the team, you know, what they see, what they feel, what they experience. I can't be like, oh, really? It really, you, that's what you experience? Well, that's not what I experience and my way is the highway. And so that's the way it is. I'm not going to grow and I'm not going to prosper and I'm not going to evolve myself to higher levels because they have different eyes. They're my blind spot. They're looking in different dimensions and different perceptions that I may not even be looking in. That's why we must honor our mates in our lives, that they have wisdom to give to us. It's not a one-way street. It's not, I'm the man and I'm running this house and I'm going to tell you how it's going to be and how we're going to spend our money and how we're going to do this and how we do that. Then why don't you go be alone and be a bachelor? Because that's all you're talking. You're talking bachelor speak. Yeah. You know what bachelor speak is? I, 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 in when it comes to a relationship. 
Not, hey, honey, these are my ideas. What are your thoughts on it? What's your counsel on it? What do you feel? What does your perception share? What what does your perception show us? Do you see that there's something that I'm not gaining or something I don't see? Am I, is there a blind spot that I'm not looking at? Please share. I'm open. That is a we. That is a collective. That is a sharing in this bountiful expression of recognizing the totality of the of the beingness of two coming together as one. Whenever I marry couples, you know, I get a lot of people asking me to marry them and to, you know, to do uh, ceremonies. You know, when I talk about the two becoming one, the two becoming one isn't the fact that you put a ring on someone's finger and you walk down the aisle, you walk on the beach or you do some kind of flower ceremony and that's the two becoming one. No, the two becoming one is a union of spirit. It means that you trust that the other person has wisdom, knowledge, and about ability and the aptitude to bring something to the table that you don't see or witness or understand that is going to enhance you, lift you, and shift you and take you to higher possibility. That's the two becoming one. That means that you trust the other person in their wisdom. You trust the other person in their ability to bring in what is necessary to create a beautiful, healthy household or living situation for the both of you. And and that doesn't just mean relationships. That's all relationships. That's friendships. That's business relationships. That's anything where you're interacting with another human being that you're engaging on them on some level that is intertwining in your life. You've got to trust that the other person has information and knowledge to share that can support both of you and vice versa. If you don't, then don't go into business with them. Don't get into a relationship with them. Don't engage with them on any of those levels because that means that you obviously don't trust them, which means you don't trust yourself because you're the one who's engaging in that relationship. You're the one who brought it into fruition. You're the one who manifested it. You're the one who magnified it. You're the one who amplified it. You're the one who brew it, uh, draw drew it in and brew it in to your being. <laughs> brew it into your being, right? You magically brewed it in, right? And so the thing is, is that if you're stepping into that type of reality, there's a level of, of what we call independence and responsibility. Independence is honoring your truth. Responsibility is honoring the responsibility that you're creating everything that is happening, right? And then when it comes to collective, um, connecting with other people on a collective level is realizing that don't pull people in your life that you don't believe that have wisdom to bring to you because if not, then you're just choosing people there to just kind of what, to just be yes people in your life. Anyone who has yes people, like if tribe members, if any of you have yes people in your life, we just say yes to everything you do. That is not a healthy relationship. You want to have people who have different opinions so that you can see through different windows. You want to be able to see through different windows so you can have different perceptions and make different choices. This is the reality. So if you are looking through the same window, the same window, the same window, the same window, you're going to keep making the same choices, the same choices, because you're going to be looking through the same perception and nothing is going to change. And you're going to keep hitting your wall and you keep, you're going to keep hitting the wall and you're going to keep hitting the wall and keep hitting the wall. And eventually you're going to get a headache and it's not going to support you. So we want to get out of manipulation. We want to tell people exactly what it is. If you have a man or a woman who you don't know how they feel about you, pick up the phone and call them and ask them. And, and, and that's it. If you're with someone who doesn't know what they want and they're like, you know, I'm not sure if I want to be in a relationship, then you know that that's not one you want to engage in. You don't be like, okay, I understand you're not sure, but let's just get in a relationship anyway. You're about to hit, you're about to uh, do a face plant. Face plant. You're about to do a face plant. 
Because that means that you have already accepted that you knew that they were in a state of limbo. You knew they weren't sure about where they are. You knew they haven't come to terms with what they desire. And you chose to engage in a relationship with them anyway. So what? So that you can prove to yourself that people don't show up and that they're not there for you and they don't care about you? How could they be? Uh, You already knew that they were not ready for a relationship. Why did you engage in one with them? It's your your responsibility to, to, to know the difference. If someone is like, yes, I'm here, I'm calling you, let's go on a date, I want to see you, let's make love, let's this, let's talk, let's walk on the beach, let's talk about this and that and the other, and they're 100% there, and that's what it's about, then, and you're about the same thing, then engage in it. But if someone is like, oh, you know, I don't know, let's take it slow, let's see what happens, you know, I just got out of a relationship, I'm not sure if I'm ready to get in another one, that's a no-go on the relationship flow-flow. Okay, that's a no go on the relationship flow flow. Please, 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 for the sake of yourself and for all those around you. When I say all those around you, I mean your kids or your friends or your animals or anyone around you has to put up with you and you're complaining and your nonsense of how unhappy you are in your relationship. It's all because you chose to engage in something that you know was not set and had a foundation and was settled and ready to go. So I'm sorry, it's not ready to go. So if that's the case, right, you're not going to move into a house or buy a house and the back wall of the house is missing and the windows are missing and the floor isn't finished and the, and the plumbing hasn't been done. You're going to buy a house that way? No, you're going to buy a house that's ready for you to move in. Why would you buy a house that's half-assed? You're not going to. So don't go into a relationship that it's not ready to move in. Because you're wasting your time and you're setting yourself up to get hurt. And the only person you're going to have to take responsibility for that is you. And if you feel like you have to manipulate someone to love you, the only person you're manipulating is yourself because that's a downfall and that's a face plant. So remember these things that I'm sharing with you, Tribe, because it's very important. I love you all so, so much. And we'll talk more about this as well in other shares. But most importantly, remember this, right? The greatest relationship you can have is with yourself. The more truthful and more honest you are with yourself and your needs and your desires, the more truthful and honest you'll be able to be with other people. And that will create a greater world for all of us. I love you so much. If you're not following me on Instagram, please do so. So you can get messages and tap into the IGs where I bring you on, talk with you, and we have great conversations. You know, if you want to level up your powers, you know what to do. Go to shamanduric.com, sign up on the newsletter and get lit. We also are going to be offering amazing skills and gifts that will be given to you in the newsletter. So you don't want to miss out on that. And as well as remembering the most important thing is you and that you're so powerful and you're so divine and you're so beautiful and life is, is better because of you being in it. So please honor that. And if you get a chance, leave a message on iTunes. And most importantly, everyone, invite to Ignite. What that means is, is that you have a, a bunch of people on your phone, a bunch of people on your Instagram, a bunch of people who's on your Facebook or whatever social media platform you have or whatever friends you go to lunch with. You should be telling them how to join the tribe because you know that you're bringing something beautiful into their life. So I call it invite to ignite. That's, that, is, that is the call, invite to ignite. Because what you're doing is you're giving them an opportunity to reach into places in themselves to be leaders. And so that's the greatest gift you can give them, more so than any birthday gift you can buy them that will perish and return back to the earth, is to give them knowledge and wisdom and fruitful gifts for the mind and the soul so that they can soar and be lit and get on the lit train with you and you guys can laugh yourself through eternity of how happy and joyous you are in your spirit. I love you all so much. And until next time, stay lit. Bye.